Today started off really slow, um, but it's been good. I um, talked with, so I have a, a mentor and I'm part of a mastermind group where there's 15 other entrepreneurial women that are kind of in there building their businesses and we're all at different stages. And I had an issue this morning. So I like ranted about that for a while. And then um, I was actually just on a call with a beatboxer and he was teaching me some beatboxing tricks and what? I was giving him some um, confidence coaching and mindset tips so it was, oh. it was a cool experience so it's been a pretty good day so far yeah and it's still quite early in the day yes. oh my well connectors you have heard the voice of daisy abercorn i am alexia marche Plummer, the host aka the plug of ams connected podcast connectors you know what to do Sit back, relax, do what you do, whatever you do while listening to a podcast, and let's get connected. We are connected. Okay, Daisy, I am so excited about this because... I mean, since meeting you, you have, and I, I don't really know, know you, but I have seen such tremendous growth since probably three years ago was mm-hmm. likely the first time I met you. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I'm excited. Thank you for coming on to Amps Connected Podcast and sharing your story. Yeah, thank you for having me. It's it, it's crazy to believe that it's been about three years since I really stepped into the music scene mm-hmm. in only three years, <laughs> you know, like it really hasn't been that long either. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, <clears throat> now you've talked about music, beatboxing, like that is so dope. And you talked about being a coach. So mm-hmm. tell us a little bit, give me, what are all of your titles? Okay, all of my titles. Um, if we go dig, dig deep, let's see, I'm a singer-songwriter first and foremost. That, that's always my number one passion is I, I write songs and I sing them on stages. That's what I love to do. Mm-hmm. Um, but I am also a, I'm so sorry, this dog is going to be a little crazy. Give me just a second. Okay. Sorry. Okay. So I'm a singer songwriter first and foremost. Um, and then beyond that, I am also a, uh, mindset coach. So I focus specifically on confidence and helping the individual, like learn how to step into themselves fully expressed. I know for myself and my own journey that I have struggled with, um, this idea of, I had to be a certain way or had to be a certain person, Um, in order to get people to like me, in order to get people to follow me, in order to get people to listen to my music, in order to um, uh, do it the quote right way. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of how I lived a lot of my life. I did a lot of things that like I didn't necessarily want to do, but that I had to do. And it led me places where I was just miserable all the time. And I realized that this is something that like, I don't want to live this way. I want to live the way that I want to live. And I've taken a lot of steps, done a lot of digging deep, done a lot of healing to kind of get myself from who I thought I had to be now to the person that I truly want to be. And this is the work that I do with my clients is help them learn to uh, be themselves, show up confidently as who they are, be unapologetic in themselves and in where they're trying to go in their life. Um, And to um, also understand that it's them that people are attracted to in their, their artists and their, um, music and their art, whatever it is that they're trying to create. It's not, people don't want to see the same thing repeated, right? They want to see you. And so how do we show up authentically ourselves in our art and our dreams and the things that we want to do when it feels like everyone's better or everyone's doing it a certain way and I have to show up this way. So I specifically help people dig deep into that. And then on top of it all, I'm an entrepreneur. So I I manage my band. I manage my own music. I manage my own companies. So, and I do all yes. that. Yeah. A money-making woman. I love yeah. it. <laughs> so, okay. Let's go all the way to the beginning. Yeah. Where are you from? Where am I from? Originally, I am from a tiny, tiny town in Illinois, Quincy, Illinois. 
Um, but I moved to Lafayette, Indiana when I was pretty young and I have been, and I was kind of back and forth between the two for a while, but then I was in Lafayette until from the time I was nine until just this year at 27. Mm -hmm. Um, and then right now, currently I reside in Michigan. Mm, Okay. Yeah. So not only a money-making entrepreneur woman, you are a traveling woman and I love that. Mm-hmm. So, okay. So from Illinois to Lafayette, and obviously that's where I met you here in Lafayette, what would be for connectors out there who aren't familiar with the Midwest? What's one of your earliest memories here? Um, in Lafayette, I actually remember going to Columbia Park. Mm-hmm. And I met a girl there and we were friends. I was homeschooled at the time and we, we like hit it off and we played together for a couple of hours. And then um, years later, I went to school and it was a private school and she ended up being at that school and she remembered me from the playground oh. and we started talking and we hit it off and she's still to this day, one of my closest friends. Oh, that's sweet. Yeah. Yeah. That's super sweet crazy story. Yeah. Wow. Fate. Hmm. That's when you know people are supposed to be in your life. Yeah. Hmm. I think one of my <clears throat> earlier memories, not that I've been here forever, but just the cornfields. Mm. I lived in Michigan, so we can talk a little bit more about Michigan. Um, but being here in Lafayette, it feels like fall. Like yeah. it, it's like the and when you picture fall, there's the trees turning, you know, orange, green, yellow, all the colors of fall. Then you have the cornfields like all over the place. So that's probably what I would say my memory or would be an early memory here. And I, I remember seeing you often, Daisy, like exercising around town. And so like Lafayette or um, Lafayette and West Lafayette, as you know, like they have a lot of trails around here. Mm -hmm. I used to run through the cornfields and I'm like, wow, I never thought that I would be able to run through the cornfields, you know? Right. (laughs) That sounds like such a Midwestern statement too. Oh my God. (laughs) Well, thank you. I feel like a Midwesterner now. Yeah. In Lafayette is like Lafayette feels like coming home. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like there's something does. about that city specifically that just kind of feels like, oh yeah, you can you can kind of fit in here, whoever you are. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then um, I, I definitely felt like that coming back here in 2017, and that's when I met you um, in the music world here. Like, what are your thoughts on the music scene here and how did you get into the music scene? So this is actually one of my favorite stories um, because it goes deep quick, right? How do you, uh, how did you start? How did you start? Where did you start? So Mm -hmm. um, to get the full perspective four years ago, um, I, in 2016, was living the worst year of my life and it was a really it was a year full of loss for me. My grandmother died um, January 2nd of that year. So right off the bat, it started off pretty horribly. And then my best friend and I of seven years had a huge falling out and she ended up ghosting me. And just after seven years, that was it, just gone one day. And then um, that those things combined kind of sent me into a depressive spiral. I had a lot of things that had been leading up to that point. Like I said earlier, I was living life by checking off boxes. I went to school, I got a degree, I was trying to find a good paying job. I got married, like I was looking at buying a house, like I was doing all the right things. And I felt so empty and so unfulfilled. And then losing these two important people in my life really just kind of sent me into this hopeless downward spiral of like, life is never going to be anything that I want. I knew deep inside of my soul that I wanted to sing on a stage and that I wanted to play my guitar and, and, and sing my songs. Um, but I had never done it. And I felt at 23 that it was too late. And I'd already set this like foundation for my life and that I couldn't change it. And it, it left me in a really hopeless place. 
And then my mom was diagnosed with cancer Mm. and it was kind of this really hard moment in my life where I didn't want to live anymore. And my mother was dying and I had to kind of figure out like, okay, my family kind of needs me right now. And I kind of need a reset and I don't know what to do. And I just need some help right now. And so I started going to therapy and it was in therapy that I told my counselor, like, I hate living this way. I hate the life that I've created. I hate having to follow these rules. They don't work for me. This is not who I am. And if I'm going to be here to be there for my family, to help them through the shit that we're going through right now, we've got to change the fundamental things in my life because they don't make me happy. And I want so much to just live a life that I'm happy and I don't want to do this anymore. So either I'm done or I figure out how to make it everything that I want. Mm-hmm. It has to be everything that I want. Otherwise it's not worth it to me. I don't, I don't want to pretend anymore. I don't want to lie. I don't want to be unauthentic. I don't want to be dishonest. I want to just be myself. And so I made this decision because I knew that like, I had to get with the program. My family needed me. My mom was dying and I didn't know what to do. And so I made this decision and I made it very early on in my therapy. And, and we started building from the bottom. I was at a point at that point in my life where getting out of bed was a triumph, (laughs) like getting out of bed and moving to the couch was how I started living my life. Instead of staying in bed all day, I had to move at least once. And after a few weeks of learning how to do that, I started, okay, now I'm going to do one chore and I'm going to start doing this. Take care of myself. Take care of myself. Take, what do I need right now? Not what other people think they need from me. Not, not what do I need to give other people? What do I need in this moment? And how am I providing it for myself? Mm-hmm. And just slowly starting to build this foundation. All the meanwhile, my mother was getting sicker and sicker and sicker. And I was just trying to survive at that point. How do I go from the worst time in my life. I'm suicidal. I'm depressed. My mother is dying in front of me and I want to go live this amazing dream. But right now I just need to manage. I just need to, I just need to survive. Right. And then four years ago today, actually 11, 28, my mother passed away. Mm. And when she died, it kind of clicked in my head that like, I don't have as much time as I think I do. Cause I don't know. I don't know when my life will be over. She was 44 years old mm. and I was 23. And I was like, I don't know how much time I have, but I do know that I want to do other things in my life. And if I'm going to do them, I got to go all in no mm. more of this, just surviving. I want to thrive. Yes. I want to jump all the way in and I don't give a fuck anymore about what people say, what people think, this was my turning point. And so um, in the beginning of 2017, January, 2017, I went to my first open mic ever. Mm -hmm. And I remember (laughs) I was scared, I was anxious. Um, I was very much not confident in who I was or what I was trying to do. I was very much unsure of myself. I didn't like talking to people. I didn't like networking. I didn't even like calling myself a musician. And I went to this first open mic and I had an upstairs. I walk in, put my name on the list, said hi to the host, walked upstairs, stayed upstairs and didn't talk to anybody until it was my turn to get on stage. The host came and got me. I went downstairs. I played my three songs and immediately went right back upstairs. I didn't talk to a soul. And that's how I did open mic mm-hmm. the first couple times that I went, the first several times. I was terrified mm-hmm. to talk to anybody. Mm-hmm. I was terrified to take these steps, but I knew, oh, I felt it in my soul that this is what I needed to do. And so I just kept doing it, right? Like, and then about a year after my first open mic, I was like, this this is what I wanna do. And I have now like talked, started talking to people, started networking with people. I've pushed myself out of my comfort zone. It took me a year. It took me a year from not talking to anybody to, okay, maybe I'll say hi to you. Um, But like after that first year, I was like, okay, you can do this. You've been doing it for a year. You did the all in thing last year. Let's try again, go all in again. What does it feel like to jump off the cliff again? And I quit my job. 
I quit my job. It was the highest paying job that I'd ever had. And I said, I want to be a musician. I want to start a band. I want to do this full time. This is what I desire to do in my life. And I knew nothing. I knew nothing about it, but I knew that I wanted to try. And for me, again, it was this, I don't know how much time I have. I don't want to waste it. I really just want to go and I want to give it a shot and do my best. And if it fails, it fails. But at least then I said, I tried, you know? And so 2018, it was, I quit my job the very beginning, January of that year. And I started going anywhere that had live music. And I was driving, I think in January of that year, I drove to Indy maybe 11 or 12 times in the first couple of weeks, because I was like, fuck it. I need to know people. I need to expand myself. I need to push myself outside of my comfort zone so I can grow as a musician, grow as um, a networker, grow as a manager and start doing the things again that I love to do on a bigger scale. So I started going to open mics. I started going to shows. I started connecting with other people. And um, four months I did that. Mm-hmm. Barely booked anything. Like I, I was scrambling, just trying anything that would have me, I would play it, right? Like mm-hmm. um, no, like I didn't care if it was free. I didn't care what was going on. I just had to play these shows. And um, four months into it, someone texted me and said, Hey, I've got a show. Can your band open? And my band didn't even have a name at that point. And I was like, yep, sure. And they're like, cool. What name are we putting on the poster? And I was like, uh, I'll get back to you on that. (laughs) Like, I didn't even have a band name. It was just like, I'm going to show up and I'm going to play this show. I have people that are playing my songs now. I've spent the last however many months trying to get them used to it while I was going out and doing all the networking and putting myself out there as an individual like now we have a show, let's make it happen. It was a half hour. It was at the Spot Tavern downtown. I remember every detail. I wrote five songs. We had five songs that we got to do. And like first time ever, I sang with a band uh, on a stage that summer. And it was that same week that when I had nothing coming, nothing booked, nothing like um, things started happening very quickly for me. Mm-hmm. Very quickly. And so I booked that first show And then um, the second show I got because I booked that first show, right? So like, it was kind of one of those things where it was like, the shows were happening as I was like trying to make them happen. And the more that I did what I wanted to do, the more things were like starting to accelerate. And so I had this experience of like, as long as I show up and do the work, Mm -hmm. it pays off. And so it just drove me forward. And I just kept going and I got to the point where I switched out several band members. I had, you know, people left, people came, people went. And I got to the point that I was playing like decently sized shows for the Lafayette, Indiana area. And and for me, as someone who had just jumped into the scene, I was doing things that people who'd been around for five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten 10 years had been doing, had took them years to get to, I was doing within a couple of years. And so I like, and I was like, I can do this. It kind of gave me this realization of like, I can be a musician full time. This is what I could do with my life. Mm-hmm. We ended up, you know, getting a really good band together. I had a really good sound going. We were really starting to build a lot of momentum. We put our EP out in February of 2020 and then COVID hit. Yeah. And the momentum that I had built over the last three years was just crushed in a single moment, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Wow. Wow. But Daisy, you have been thriving. Like I'm listening to this and so many things just came to mind. Suddenly was one, but in order for suddenly to happen, you have to put in the work. Oh yeah. Yeah. I say all the time, your dreams come true in an instant Mm -hmm. when you put the work in every day. Yeah. And it seemed, it can be so defeating at times. Like even this, I don't think like it's crushing, like you said, like to have this, all of this momentum from the years of work that you put in and then COVID hits and boom, now you have to transition to something else. Right. But I think all of that momentum has also helped you to move on to Michigan now. Mm-hmm. So I, before we move into your journey to Michigan, I'm just gonna end what you just said. You mentioned your mom and mm-hmm. 
I'm going to leave you with this encouragement. 44 is my angel number. Mm. I see it everywhere, 444 or 44. And it's just, I don't know why, but it's been through COVID that I've just been seeing it everywhere, right? Mm -hmm. So I just want to just impart that onto you. Just a note of strength um, that your mom is with you that even whatever like relationship y'all may have had and I, whatever, you know, toils that have happened, even if you felt like your family like kept you from pursuing what you're doing, I, I won't let this moment pass to say there is some significance and strength in what was imparted onto you. So I just wanted to just give you that note of encouragement to just keep on pressing yeah, I, I appreciate it. You know, I, it, because today is the anniversary, I, I thought about her this morning and I, I realized a lot this year more than any other year. And I've realized it since she passed, but this year more than ever, I am truly the person I am because of who she was and how mm -hmm. she raised me. And I am passionate and unapologetic and mm -hmm. loud and myself because that's who she was. And she taught me through who she was just by being herself, how to do that for myself. And I, it, no matter what is the one thing I keep coming back to is like, I see so much of her and me nowadays. And, you know, 17 year old me would have hated that, but 27 year old me appreciates it so, so much. I, I do appreciate saying that. Yes, of course. So from Indiana to Michigan. Yes. Uh, this has so been an interesting summer and year. And so when COVID hit, I think a lot of us kind of felt hopeless. A lot of people whose dreams got crushed because of COVID. Like you said, how do you, how do you deal with years of momentum, years of building to just be crushed in one moment? And it's not even your fault. Like <laughs> it's just, the circumstances of the world. And I felt that same sense of hopelessness that I'd had four years ago. And I thought to myself, we're not going back there. Mm -hmm. We've already, we've already done that. We've already learned our experience there. We know that things get better. And sometimes things get worse before they get better. You have to figure it out. There's still forward movement. We just have to pivot. We have to change. Mm -hmm. We have to figure it out. There, there's still options for you we've got to figure out what we wanted to do. At the same time that COVID hit, it became very clear to me that my marriage was starting to fall apart. And my band, because my marriage was falling apart, my band was also falling apart. My, my husband was my drummer and his twin brother was in the band and the other members of the band too. There was just like a lot going on for each person individual, individually. And I knew that I was really struggling to like hold on to the band that I had, the marriage that I had, the life that I had, because even though I had spent the last three years expressing myself, I wasn't still fully expressing myself as the person I wanted to be. What's crazy is that when um, our bassist joined the band last September, something screamed inside of me, go solo. <laughs> And I was like, no, why would I do that? I finally have a good band. I finally have all these things. Like I'm going to get this band solidified and we're going to travel together. And my brain, my heart, my soul is go solo, do it, just do it. You need to go solo. You need to figure yourself out. And I was too scared. I was too scared to, to, to listen to that voice. And COVID hits, my life falls apart. Things start falling apart. I've lost all the momentum. My birthday was in April. So one month after quarantine started was my birthday. And I had spent that first month sobbing every single day, knowing that things were starting to fall apart and not knowing what I was supposed to do about it. And my birthday hit. And for me, 27 has always been a number. You talk about angel numbers. 27 has always been something very, very prominent in my life. And so... April 11th of 2020, I turned 27. And I've always felt that 27 was supposed to be a year for me. April 11th, I turned 27. I have a video of myself blowing out my candles. I look so sad. 
I look so miserable. April 12th, 2020, I woke up and I looked at my husband and I said, we need to figure this out. We're either going all in or we're done. Like we're going to fix these problems or I need to move on with my life. And like, I'm not wasting time anymore. I'm 27. This is my year. I felt for my entire life that this was supposed to be my year. I am going to my next level. Either you come with me or get out of my way. That is where I'm at. And and that's, that's, and I got to that conclusion, not just with him, but with my band, like I desire to go big, to go all in, to be myself, to express myself, to live a life that I truly, truly desire. And I am not slowing down or backing down for anybody. Yeah. And so when I said that, it kind of solidified in me that like, oh, I really am going to take these steps. And even though there was months of processing, once I said it, I meant it. And immediately after that, I started pivoting. I said, what can I do right now to get me through this time period, make myself uh, an income, make sure that I'm doing something that I still love to do that doesn't drive me crazy um, and still working towards my dreams and my goals. Right now, my dream. I lost you there. My internet went out or something. That's okay. We are, we're good. We're good. We're back. I don't know where I was when it cut off. Um, it was so good. I don't, I was just sitting here listening. <laughs> Let's see. You were talking about, oh goodness. Okay. So you, your birthday is 11, uh, April 11th, mm-hmm. April 12th. You turned to your husband and said, we got to do this, go all in or not. Yes. And, and that, that's where I was in my, my whole life. That's where I was with the band. That's where I was with, with kind of everything was just, I have dreams. <laughs> I have dreams and I'm going for them. And if you are, like I said, with him, with the band, with, with everything in my life, if you are not building me towards those dreams, you are a waste of my time and energy at this point. Mm-hmm. That's, that's, that's just kind of the standard that I decided for my life is like, don't bother me. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Like in, in the best way possible. Like I love that you want to do this and this is your thing and this is how you want to do it. That's your life. This is mine. This mm-hmm. is my life. And I am not going to continue pouring into things that don't serve my life, not in a selfish way, in a way that I know that I'm meant for this. I know that I can do this. I know that I desire it. And I believe that me pursuing these things is beneficial to me and the world. Mm-hmm. So I need to go and put myself out there, my message out there for the people that need that you know, in their life to connect to. So they have it. They don't know about me because I'm not out there yet, but I know that I should be out there. I feel it in my soul. And, and through all of this, like I'm trying to figure out what can I do to support myself and kind of make this transition in my life from being married, from being in a band to single and solo and, and, and creating my own path for myself. And I fell into the coaching world and the coaching world was really cool for me because I am one of 15 children and (laughs) and I'm the second oldest. And so I have grown up raising children and I have grown up being responsible for other people. And I have grown up always putting other people ahead of myself. And I've never had somebody teach me, right? Mm -hmm. I just kind of had to figure a lot of shit out. And so I found this mentor online. She was a business coach. I was struggling with making money in the band and the business and and figuring all of that out. And I thought, I want to hire her. One, I I desire to learn. Two, she's doing a lot of things that I want to do. Three, she's having fun. Like She looks like she's having so much fun. So I reached out to her and I said, I want to take one of your programs. I want to learn from you. Teach me about what you're doing. And once I kind of jumped into her world, I realized that there was this kind of whole expansive world of mentorship and coaching where People were like, I've been through this and I can help you get to this point. You know, let's do this together. I'll coach, I'll mentor you. And I thought, oh my God, this is exactly what I want to do with my life. Beyond music, beyond my dreams as a personal, this is what I have for my life. I also want to help people and connect with people and and give people that inspiration because I have been through a lot and I've had a very unique set of experiences. And I have gone from the girl who wouldn't speak to anybody to the girl that was owning stages. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. 
I've had that transformation and I've done all that inner work. I know if I'd had maybe some more mentorship, maybe it would have been quicker. Maybe it would have been a little bit like I had the experience of somebody else, the knowledge of somebody else. I would have been able to work through some of my, my um, blocks a lot quicker. And I thought, this is what I can do to help people while I transition in my life, while I figure out my next steps is I can help other people start to take theirs. And it started in yoga because I was doing yoga and I thought, oh, people don't want mindset work. They want this, they want their bodies to look good. And so I said, I'll trick them with yoga. And then I quickly realized that like, as much as I love yoga, I didn't want to teach it. I really just wanted to help people work on their confidence and work on loving themselves deeper and fully so that they can go live their dream, moving past imposter syndrome and learning how to take those steps that are scary, but are all in. Like when I decided to go to that first open mic, like when I quit my job, like when I decided to go all in, when I go first and I said, this is what I want, things happened for me. But the mm-hmm. fear that leads up to taking that decision is so hard to move past that most people don't move past it, but I've moved past it over and over and over. And I still do it constantly. So I was like, I want to help other people take these steps. I want to help other people learn how to do this. And now currently that's kind of my main focus right now is providing this service to people to help them, um, move past these blocks, move past imposter syndrome, build their confidence, show up as the person. I know there are people like me that know in their body, I am meant for more, but don't know how to get to that point. Don't know how to take the next step are too scared to change their life to make it happen. If I had stayed married, if I had stayed with my band, if I had stayed on the path that I decided in January of 2020 was going to be my life, I would not have grown as much as I've grown this year. I would not be where I am now, where I am, oh, no, no, I can do this more than I even believe. Now when I dream, I'm like, oh, you guys don't even know what's coming. Like, I'm a little cocky about it. Like, I know that I have big things inside of me. It's taking time to build that foundation to get to that next step. But I work towards it every single day and I'm excited about it. And I know that if I was trying to bring everyone who didn't want to come with me with me, I would just be holding myself back. And if I'm being honest, I did it for so long because I was scared and they were a safety net. I could always fall back on having a guitarist when I didn't know how to play a certain song. I could have fall back on having, you know, the financial stability of my husband if I didn't make it. I could. I do not know what is happening. I keep having to like. No, you know what? It's the devil. It's the enemy. Do not want us to have this amazing conversation. But when you were talking about financial stability and your thing. Yes, I I, I put in all these safety nets like, okay, I'll pursue my dream if I have these safety nets in place. Mm -hmm. And what 2020 taught me was if I want my dream, I have to believe that I can do it without those safety nets. I have to know that, that knowing in my soul that I keep talking about, I have to trust it. I have to really trust it and just take the leap and go all in. So I cut the safety nets and I went running off of a cliff and said, I can fly. And, um, that's how I ended up coming to Michigan was recognizing that if I stayed in Lafayette, I was going to fall back into the patterns that had always been doing the last couple of years as a musician because it was easy and it was comfortable. And if I truly wanted to walk myself through the doubt and take myself to where I know that I'm going, I had to leave Lafayette. And so I had a friend in Michigan say, I've got a room, you're welcome here. And so I packed everything up and I just left. Um, it's not my final resting place. It was just, I need to, I need to put myself in a position where I can't go backwards. Mm-hmm. I have to love myself enough believe in myself enough to take this really scary hard step of leaving my home of 18, 19 years and say, I can survive, I can thrive, and I can continue to chase my dreams even though I am alone right now. Do it scared. Do it scared. Feel the fear, take it with you. <laughs> yeah, like I appreciate- You know, it doesn't- the, Go ahead. I say the fear doesn't go away, right? It doesn't. You just got to take it with you. You got to dance with it. 
Yes. And I appreciate that so much because I ended up in Michigan almost the same way. Like I had just moved back home from living in Korea to start law school. And it was either law school in Baton Rouge or law school in Michigan. Mm. And I had been on my own for too long to just go home. And not to say that I would not ever go back home, but because like my mom said, home is always here, you know, Mm -hmm. is always here, but to get out and be on your own, pursue your dreams with all the knowledge, all the experiences that you've had. And, and like you said, you know, yourself, I'm bigger than where I am right now. Not Mm -hmm. I'm above Mm -hmm. Michigan needs to know me. Michigan needs to know who Daisy Abercorn is. Right. Connectors out there in Michigan, connect with Daisy, welcome her. Daisy, you're going to have to learn the mitten trick. Have you learned it? I am like right here. (laughs) I I am near Alma, near Mount Pleasant, near, um, uh, uh, what's the other one? I don't remember. I'm I'm near Mount Pleasant. That's what I told you. (laughs) Okay. Well, connectors, be friendly. It's winter, and I don't know if you've ever experienced a Michigan winter. Yeah, it's cold. Yes. If you see Daisy shivering, lend her your jacket. Yes, <laughs> it is, please. It's brutal. I have a sleeping bag for a coat, and I'm still not sure it's going to be enough. Like, it goes down to my ankles. Yeah. I'm still like, mm, I don't know if I'm going outside for the next oh, two months. Layer up. Yeah. Layer up. Yeah. Okay, Daisy, um, let's go on a trip, okay? Yes. So in this segment, this is called Where in the World? And I give you an imaginary ticket and you can go anywhere in the world. Some people have chosen to go outer space. Um, you can go anywhere in the world. Who will you bring with you or who will you visit? And why would you go to that particular place? I will give you a minute. And I will tell you where I will go. I will go to India. And I just saw this news article that the biggest general strike in the world, over 200 million workers and farmers paralyzed India. And so they said, no, we need what's due to us. So all of these farmers and 10 trade unions basically stopped India's economy. And I'm, mm. I don't know if you know this, but their economy is huge considering the amount of people. So to paralyze India's economy, that's kind of amazing. And to see like the power of in people, like when we all get together and similar to what my brand is about, connecting with people, meeting people where there is a lack and just organizing together so that everyone can be heard. Mm. I believe that everyone has a voice. Maybe mm-hmm. the voice is a little smaller, but if we come together as a group, we can make some pretty good demands. Mm-hmm. So if I could, I would be there just standing in solidarity with the Indian connectors, or you don't have to be a connector, just to be, you know, this to be in solidarity with Indians. So that's where I'd go. I love that. And you asked me this question last week when I jumped on um, your other, your live podcast. And my answer has changed just a little bit um, because I think that like, and this is gonna, this is existential. <laughs> like if I could go anywhere, it's just to go deeper within myself and all honesty. Mm. It's really to just, there, there is so much of myself that I have expressed and still so much more that I want to. And so for me, it's not about the place that you are. It's about being able to connect to who you are and going deeper within myself is something that I just, it's, it's like unlocking the key for me to get to my next level. The more that I can understand and truly love who I am, 
I get to understand and love who other people are on a deeper level. And ultimately, who do I want to be with? I just want to be connected to other humans that feel the same way, that Mm -hmm. struggle, that hurt, that want to heal, that want to be bigger, that want to go bigger, that want to go all in, that want to live their dreams. And the best way that I know how to do that is to connect to myself because what I feel, they feel. Mm -hmm. Ooh, that's, I know that's a little existential. <laughs> no, I'm like, oh, girl, now I feel like so superficial. <laughs> want to go to another country, be on a plane. Oh, no. But I, I love that, Daisy. Thank you. I love that. Because, you know, people say you can't really love somebody else until you love yourself. Mm-hmm. It seems kind of wild to even think about that. But if I'm giving to you, if I'm loving on you from a place of lack, then that's not true love. Nope. Once I start, start loving on myself and filling myself up with pure, genuine love, then that can be reflected on the outside. And you're giving from a place of overflow at that point because you're mm. fulfilled. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Yes. When you love yourself first and you, you give yourself what you're looking for, mm-hmm. all of a sudden you're not looking for it. You get to provide it. And that is true love for other people, right? That is true understanding for other people. And I think this is a hard thing for a lot of people to love themselves because we all fuck up. (laughs) Like we're not perfect and we make mistakes and we do things that are cringy or, oh, I can't believe I did that or that make you like, why would I do that? And that's where I was in 2016 was like, I done all these things that I thought I had to do and I hated every bit of them and it made me hate myself. And it's like, listen, girl, you were doing the best that you knew how mm-hmm. through everything that you had been through. You have to love and accept yourself for where you were and understand that that is not the end and not where you're going. Mm-hmm. But you can't take that next step until you love yourself enough to say, I am a human being. I am not perfect. I have made the choices that fit me in the moment I was in it is not a reflection of who I'm going to be. It was a reflection of who I was then. Mm-hmm. I am not defined by my past. I am defined by my next step. Mm-hmm. So when you can love yourself enough to sit with those uncomfortable feelings of like, why did I do that? Why was I mean? Why did I say that? Why was I, why did I make those bad decisions? Why? Because you're human. And if you would allow your best friend to sit there and say, I can't believe I did this and like berate themselves, you, you wouldn't, right? You wouldn't allow you, your best friend to say horrible things about themselves. So don't do it for you either. And then again, like you said, when you are able to understand that, accept that, love yourself through the shit that you've done, mm-hmm. understand that you are human. All of a sudden you see other humans more clearly and you yes. say, oh, I've been there. I've made that same mistake. You're just on your journey and you're just in that place in your journey. And that's okay. You don't have to be where I'm at right now. You get to be in your journey and experience it in your time. Mm-hmm. Ooh, Daisy. I feel like I'm in a session with you right now. <laughs> <laughs> These are the things I want to talk to you about. Like whatever it is in your soul, I want to talk to you about. <laughs> Well, I I mean, I think that just helps us segue into some questions. Yeah. Um, Wow. Well, connectors, um, I'll tell you to subscribe to my website so you know who will be our upcoming guest artists. You can ask questions and then maybe your question will be answered right here on the podcast. So go to www.ampsconnected.com, subscribe, 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 and yeah, get your questions answered. Okay, Daisy, talking about being a mindfulness coach, Mm -hmm. um, here's one about ghosting. How about that? Yeah. Hi, Daisy. I have just gotten out of a relationship and guess what? I was ghosted. I know I'm beautiful. I have the money. I have everything that I guess one would want from a mate, but I don't know what happened. How can I move on and not internalize this ghosting? That is a very good question. Um, Personally, I believe ghosting to be a very toxic way of handling situations. There are obviously certain times where you might need to cut a person out of your life because it's it's beneficial for your mental health. But I think a lot of people um, avoid conflict and use ghosting as a way to do that. And so when somebody ghosts you, 
you have to look at it a little bit more objectively and understand that that's, that's on them. That's them deciding that they don't want to do that hard inner work of maintaining a connection with you, but it's not because of who you are. You said it, you already know you're amazing. You're beautiful. You've got the money you've got, you've got everything that would be attractive to somebody. So it's not you. That's the problem. It's something on their end that they're working through. I don't believe that ghosting is, is beneficial for the person that's getting ghosted in most case scenarios, because it does leave us feeling like, what could I have done better? The truth is, it's not you. It's not a reflection of you at all. It's a reflection of where that person is at in their journey. And as soon as you can understand and like accept that, like, okay, this is their problem that they have to deal with and they have to work through and let it go you're going to be able to let, let it go, like not internalize it the way that you, you fear that you might. It's, it's, you can be doing everything right, but if somebody is not in a position that they can receive love or care or, or the relationship the way that it is, that's something they have to work through, not you. All right. This is a follow-up. How do you feel about like needing closure? Mm. Ah, I understand the desire for closure. There are going to be times in your life where you think that you deserve it and you're not getting it. And for me, when that happened, and it's happened a couple of times, it left me in this place where I was very angry and hurt and I couldn't move on in my life because I felt that I deserved that closure, that apology, that explanation. And I I held and held and held onto it. And I made that person an enemy, except I never spoke to this person. So I was having all of these ideas and thoughts in my head of, I deserve this from this person. And they're a horrible person. And any story that came up, I had something negative to say with someone I wasn't even interacting with, with someone who wasn't even in my life, I was allowing them to take up space in my brain and and hold on to things that either they didn't care about or that they were unwilling to fix. And what I had to learn and realize was that when I was holding on to those things, holding on to that desire and that need for closure from somebody else, I was denying it, denying giving it to myself. I have the ability to set that down and walk away and say, okay, yeah, maybe I deserve an explanation or an apology, but if I sit here and hold on to it and wait for them to show up and do that, I spend my life waiting, not doing, Mm -hmm. and I want to do things in my life. And so if I sit here and wait and wait and wait and wait, what am I doing? I'm wasting my time. Mm -hmm. I get to choose where I spend my focus and where my, I spend my energy. And you know what? Maybe they will come and apologize. Maybe they will come and give you closure in 10 years. Right. (laughs) Don't wait 10 years to do something to move on. Mm -hmm. You get to make that decision at any point in time. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's good. That's good. Not waiting. I like that. That kind of brings us to another question about making a band in a small town. Ah. Right. That's perfect. Yes. Um. Hi, Daisy. I am interested in building a band. I live in a super small town where music is not really a big thing. What do you think about, or I think, one second. I don't know. Some Y'all sometimes just like reread so I won't have to like try to figure out. Um, I guess what is your experience or what do you, what's your advice on building a small, building a band in a small town? There you go, girl. Um, two things there. One is that if it's really small, like if it's really small, you might have to consider bringing your band to a bigger town. So like, you know, where I'm living currently is 1500 people, probably not gonna build a band here, but half an hour away from me is, you know, 40,000 people. Mm -hmm. So 
there is there is kind of that like okay if, if you're really limited by the amount of people or the amount of venues around you you might have to go to a bigger city that's just a strategy thing that's just a, a real life thing but on the mindset side of it on the on the being true to who you are building a band is all about building who you are as a musician mm. um you you might feel that you have to show up as something you're not. You might feel that your songs are not perfect. You might feel that um, there is this expectation of how you were supposed to do it. I'm here to tell you there is no fucking right way to do it. Mm-hmm. You get to create the band that you want however you want to create it. Every single musician that you run into is going to have an opinion on how things should be, sound, and go. And the thing is, it's not their band, it's your band. You get to make the decisions. And when you stay authentic and true to who you are in your decisions, in your songwriting and the way that you show up and the way that you go about it, people recognize that originality, that individuality and that energy and they're drawn to it more so than they are by a cookie cutter kind of band. People desire something interesting and new. And the thing is, you're what's interesting. It's you that makes the band something worth going to see. It's not, did you cultivate the right sound and did you get this exactly right? Did you did you follow the roadmap? It's, mm-hmm. are you being authentically yourself? Because that's what people desire to connect to is somebody who is being authentic. Yes, I like that. Um, and I guess the way this question is written, two things, Um, And I think you mentioned it as well, Daisy. One, okay, building a band, meaning like getting all of the people to the band and also building as an- Presence. um, Yes, building the band's presence. Like that's a whole nother thing as well. I was very fortunate to almost just be brought into a band here. Um, It was, I was interested in playing at one of the restaurants here and they were having a jazz day. Um, It was during the summers and they would have jazz Thursdays. And they're like, hey, why don't you come in and sit in with this band? And three years later, here we are, you know? But like, I know that that was a very fortunate position. again, fate that brought us together because being in a place like Lafayette, very small, not to say the talent is not here, but to find the talent is quite difficult. Mm -hmm. Then also being in a small town, yes, Purdue is right here, but it's still a pretty small town, right? So to build the band's presence we have been working on a local level. We haven't been out to Indianapolis yet, but hopefully after Corona, you know, we'll get down there. But I can imagine like the amount of work that goes into, and you said it yourself, like you quit your job and you became a full-time musician. Mm -hmm. I mean, I would say like, I commend you for taking such a huge step. Because- Go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, it's it's to build a band um, from scratch. So that you know, that's kind of the difference between Alexia and I. As Alexia was brought into a band, I literally built mine from scratch. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I say like I jumped in with this band and we just started going. Like, there's so much more behind that. If you're being honest, like if you're being like if you're looking at the grand scheme of things, like I started writing songs when I was 14. So I started. Mm-hmm music then I started trying to sing on stages in a church band years and years and years ago like I, I, I there were multiple opportunities where I attempted but I didn't go all in right like I didn't take the jump I didn't take the leap when I decided that music was what I wanted to do when I like fully decided I worked with what I had at the time and at the time I had my um, partner played drums his brother played ukulele I played the guitar and we had a friend that played bass and the four of us would get together and sound horrible. And that's what we started doing. Right. And then, you know, the bassist ended up bringing in a couple guitarists. And then before you knew it, we were a six piece band. Mm -hmm. And then 
I wanted to keep going. And I had to trade out people in my band that did not desire to keep going for people that did were kind of at that next level for me. And the thing is with your band and with your art, you, you want to take it so personally when people leave mm-hmm. <laughs> because it's your art, it's you, it's your expression. But the thing is you have to stay true to the goal. And this is where you have to like learn a little bit of emotional intelligence and say, not everyone is meant to be with you forever. Not everyone is meant mm-hmm. to be in your band forever. Take what you get, like take what you have, work with what you have, but don't ever be afraid to keep going just because someone else doesn't want to. Um, start with where, what you got and, and go all in there. And then as you keep going and keep moving forward, things might change. And that's awesome. It means that you're growing. Oh, that's good. Oh, that's so good. And I'll just say too, not only do it scared, but do it with commitment and be scared. Um, you and be messy. You don't have to be perfect at it. You know, just do it. Like, just do it. And that, you said it perfectly. Just start with what you have. Start with what you have, and then you can build, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you mentioned it earlier. And just to give you a little bit more edification, I... I get so nervous still going to shows. Mm. One thing that brings me so much anxiety is like the middle of sets or like when we're on break and like we mingle and I'm fine with it. Like, but if no one came up to me, I'd be so perfectly fine. Like, and I I, I think... (laughs) And that's not to say don't come up to me because I appreciate it, obviously. But like, if I could like skedaddle away into a corner just to like, you know, do my break session thing and then skedaddle back onto stage when it's time to play again. I would. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. (laughs) That is another part of um, performing that like a lot of people don't realize. I'm an introvert. I am hardcore an introvert. I love pe- I love people and I love experiencing life. But at the end of the day, I would much rather come home and recharge alone than, than go to a party. You know, that's just who I am. Um, and a lot of people don't see that because I step onto a stage and I'm loud and I dance and I'm, I'm running all over the place. Mm-hmm. And then, like you said, on breaks, what are we doing? We're interacting. Mm-hmm. This is part of being a performer. When I go on to stage, I step into the highest version of myself. It's not a character. It is me, but it's the highest version of myself. Going on stage is like, oh yeah, guys, this is who I am. And even throughout the performance, when I'm on break or I'm taking that moment, people desire to connect to you. Mm -hmm. And this is the time that they have. And so they're going to, I understand that desire to just like, oh, leave me alone. <laughs> I just want to go hide because yeah. it, it is um, performative in a sense. You mm-hmm. are still a brand. You are still your band. Even when you're off stage, if you were still at that show, people are still going to expect some sort of um, that performative aspect mm-hmm. to it. They want to see the rock star. They yeah, want to yeah. see the singer. They want to see, and they think because they've never done it, that you are like insanely awesome. And so they don't, they don't know that you have this fear or this nervousness or this like, oh my God, what am I doing? They only see that presentation of the rock star. And for them, that's the image that they're coming up and talking to is like, holy shit, I get to talk with a rock star. And so yeah, that's yeah. kind of how I frame it in my brain when I have to do those uh, and not have to, when I get to, when I get to connect with the audience in that way, they're looking for something bigger than themselves. And I'm providing with them that experience, right? Of larger than life for even just a brief moment. They want, they want to feel that energy. And so, yes, yeah, it's terrifying. And, and oh my gosh, did I say the right thing? Or people listen, why are they listening to me? Why are they talking to me? Why do they care? Exactly. They do though, because they see you as somebody who is doing what, you know, their dream. And they mm-hmm. ultimately, most people want to pursue their dream. And so talking to somebody who's doing that doesn't matter how you feel on the inside. There's energy there that they're like, I want to tap into that. <laughs> mm-hmm. No, that's, that is spot on. That is spot on. And I guess I, 
I don't know. Like, it's weird. But like you said, I get, I get to interact with, I get to connect with the people who come out to see me, Mm -hmm. come out to see my band, to connect with my band and have a memorable moment. Yeah. People are absolutely looking for that experience. One reason that I, I do art, I was just talking to somebody about this. The reason that I do original music and I, I don't apologize for doing original music is because that's my diary. Mm-hmm. And that is my true authentic feeling about something. Mm-hmm. And people, the reason people connect to music is because it allows them to connect to an emotion. They hear something, they feel something in the music and they, it, it opens up a world of like, oh, right. I had this experience. I had this moment. I had this heartbreak. I had this emotion. And for that brief moment when you're on stage and they feel that you guys were all connecting in that moment and experiencing it together. And even though their circumstance might look different than your circumstance, the emotion, the energy, the feeling is there. And when we can connect our audience to that emotion, mm-hmm. they heal and we heal because we feel less alone. We get to open ourselves up to that time period of feeling that emotion, which, you know, this is why a lot of people struggle to grow is because feeling those emotions can be hard and difficult. Mm-hmm. And music is a translator for a lot of people. So we are honestly providing a healing experience for a lot of people that come see us in our audience. And for me, I don't take that lightly. There's a reason that when I do shows, I am going all out. I dress crazy. I put on crazy makeup. I, I, I go larger than life. I'm bigger than life because I know that it's an experience for the audience. I know that it's more than just listening to background music for them. They are here to get something from it, to experience that. And I, I take that, like I have fun with it, but I take it seriously. To me, it's coaching, mindset coaching, being on stage. It's a very similar experience. I am helping you connect to your emotions so you can heal and show up, you know, in that new healed state. Mm-hmm. Let's have that moment together. I desire to have that moment. That's why I, I put my songs out there. That's why I'm original. Yeah. Huh. I love that, Daisy. And that will bring us then to our last question. Where do you see yourself in a year from now? In one year from now. Mm-hmm. A lot of times people want to say, where do you see yourself in 10 years? Well, um, I don't know. That's a decade from now. <laughs> right. It can happen. Two presidencies can happen. So <laughs> let's just say a year. In a year from now. Hmm. I see myself traveling a lot more doing music. I see myself having um, really strong foundation in my coaching business. Um, I see myself playing bigger stages than I've ever played before. Mm-hmm. I see myself national. I see myself under big spotlights. I see myself doing things that people only ever dream of because I'm building for it right now. Mm -hmm. I'm putting in the work now so that in a year from now, when I, you know, jump onto another stage, it's bigger than, it's a bigger stage than I've ever done. Okay. That's where I see myself. Nice. (laughs) Speak it into existence. Yeah. And I'm there with you. Yeah. Yeah. I can't wait. Up from here. Up from here. (laughs) I mean, gotta be. It has to be up from here. Right. I'm not going backwards. I already did all that. I've already experienced that. What's next? Let's keep Amen. going. Amen. Well, Daisy, where can connectors connect with you? How can connectors connect with you? Social media, emails, or even if you have a show coming up, where can we see you? So I am usually on Instagram and Facebook. You can find me under Daisy Abercorn. If you specifically want to know more about my music, you can follow me at Daisy Abercorn Music on both of those platforms. Um, if you're interested in the coaching side of things and the confidence building and all of that, um, that's mostly what I do on my Daisy Abercorn pages. So my personal page and my Instagram on my Facebook and Instagram. 
Um, I also have a group on Facebook specifically to help focus um, on the individuals that do want to grow. And I offer a lot of free content in there. It's called Dare to Differ. So you can search that group and ask to join and I will add you to that. Um, I'm on LinkedIn and I'm on TikTok and I'm on Snapchat. All of it's Daisy Abercorn. You can check me out on those. Um, not as active, but working to slowly be more active on those platforms. Um, and then finally, all of my music is on Spotify and Apple Music under Daisy Abercorn. I'm on Bandcamp. I'm on YouTube. You can find me, uh, all of the music stuff that I've done there. And my website is abercorn.com. All right. Yeah. And connectors, you know how to connect with me on my website, www.ampsconnected.com. Don't forget to subscribe. You can also find me on Instagram at AmpsConnected. You can email me if you have a question for uh, any of the guests who have been on, or if you would like to be a guest artist on AmpsConnected, email me info.ampsconnected at gmail.com. Don't forget to rate, review, subscribe to Amps Connected Podcasts. Until then, connectors, you know what to do. Stay connected. <laughs>